Proverbs chapter number 28. <clears throat> My, this thought came to me as I was preaching last week, and the Lord was dealing with me in the thought of how we need to weed out things in our life. There's some people in our life that we would do well to weed out. There's some influences and sin in our life we would do well to weed out. And the Lord began to deal with my heart about this. And uh, so some of you brought, saw me bring some uh, garden tools in. So uh, we'll get to that in just a minute. But Proverbs 28, look with me at verse number 19. The Bible says, He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. But he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We appreciate all that you do for us, Lord. Even this morning as we were singing, how blessed we are to look out and see so many cheerful people, Lord, shaking hands, fellowshipping together, hugging, loving on one another. Lord, we thank you for how blessed we are at Mountain View Baptist Church. We thank you for being so good to us, God, you've given us beyond what we deserve. Lord, you've blessed us in a way we do not deserve, Lord, even this morning to come into a beautiful building. Lord, as we heard in Sunday school, to sit on comfortable chairs, Lord, to be in a climate-controlled building. God, we're so blessed, and yet we take so much for granted. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, we thank you for touching us. We thank you for blessing us. We pray for the sick and afflicted in our church, those facing many difficult circumstances and hardships. Lord, we love you, and thank you once again in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. I read this scripture as this, these verses had come to my mind. I read this scripture and immediately knew that this would be my text this morning. And uh, it's been a battle this week because even as, especially the past two weeks have been Heavy, heavy burdens on my heart. This message this morning, just the same, has weighed heavy, heavy on me this past week. The idea that in our churches today, and maybe not even looking at the church as a whole, but just looking at Mountain View Baptist Church, we want to see a lot of things happen, don't we? We want to see God do great things. We want to see God bless. We want to see God give increase. We want to see... Uh, all these amazing things happen, but I read this text and I was thinking about this as a church body together, I would challenge you this morning with this thought, it's time to till our garden. And so this verse, it says, he that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. And so our goals, I was writing some goals down of what we have here at the church and even as I met with someone this morning about joining our church, going through our church, co uh, church covenant, our constitution, our bylaws. This is the mission of the church, if you look at your bylaws. This is the mission of the church, if you look in this Bible. This is the mission of the church, if your preaching's right and your Sunday school teaching's right. This is the mission of each and every person. Should be. Well, the first thing is to see people saved. We want to evangelize the lost. We want to see people come to know Christ. And not that they just come and make a profession. Not that they just come and say, well, I'm a Christian, or I go to this church, or I've got a certificate that says this, or my letter is somewhere. Not, that's not what it's about. It's about seeing people truly be convicted of their sin, be saved, and change, and turn away from their sin. That's, that's a missional goal of Mountain View Baptist Church, uh, is to see people saved, to see people change, to see people go forward, to see people moved and, and turn away from their sin. And then the next thing, even as we just mentioned a moment ago, is to disciple the saved. 
And uh, I've got great people around me. I've got people that know the Bible around me. I was raised by people that know the Bible. I've been blessed with a, a grandfather that was a pastor and grandmother was a pastor wife for 30, 40 years. And the reality is uh, discipleship is just something that really growing up, even though I had great people around me, uh, there, it, was, it was kind of a hit, hit or miss. And I don't mean that against them. I got great people around me. But discipleship and learning, why do we believe what we believe? Uh, well, it's an important thing to tell people. Uh, because what happens is two things that happen is when we don't disciple the saved is, number one, they begin to develop some, uh, if you're not careful, some crazy views on what we believe. And the other thing is that uh, somebody challenges them, them on what they believe and they don't know how to answer it. So we must disciple the saved. Why do we believe what we believe? Why do we do what we do? Uh, now, the answer is different for why we come to church on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock versus why we believe in full immersion baptism. Uh, those are different things. You've got things that are tradition and preference, and you've got things that are Bible. And the reality is we must know and understand what's Bible and what's not. Because if you're not careful, you'll hold on to tradition like it's Bible, and that's wrong. And so we must disciple the saved. Uh, we want to see the church grow. We had uh, 30 uh, young people here last night. We had 80-some pe young people and children uh, here for Bible school. We, uh, uh, we've had uh, a good number of attendants recently in our church. We want to see those things happen. But more than a numerical growth in our church, which I love, I'm glad to see you all here this morning. Uh, uh, our building is getting uh, packed and getting full, and people are coming. I'm blessed. I'm glad you're here. But the reality is, is we want to see people grow spiritually. I don't, I don't want to just come and just be a part of a church that's just got X amount of number. I'm glad you're here. Thank God for you. But I want us to grow spiritually. I would take five or 10 people that are fired up uh, for the word of God and know what the word of God says and excited about what the word of God says and excited about studying the word of God. I would take five or 10 people than a thousand people that are just there to fill a pew and warm a seat. The reality is we want to see our church grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ. That's an important thing. The next thing is we want to serve the poor and the afflicted in our community. That's part of what Mount, Mount View Baptist Church here does. The reality is I've heard people say, and, and I've heard people uh, here uh, give testimony. I've heard people in the community talk about how giving our church is. We have a giving church. Thank you for your giving heart. We must maintain that. We must hold that. God's not blessed us with what he's blessed us with for us to sit on it. Anybody, this is, uh, this is uh, maybe a little crazy, but anybody ever read The Hobbit? The, the big dragon uh, what did he do with all of his riches and all of his gold? He laid on it and he slept on it. God did not bless us with what he's blessed us with for us to lay on top of it, sleep on it, and, and, and guard it like it's, it's ours only. God has blessed us so that we can bless those in this community that need help. They may never come to our church. They may never darken the doors of a church. But we may be able to help them and we have helped them and we must continue that. Those are the mission. That's the mission of our church. I'd call that bread, wouldn't you? I'd call that bread. So those are our goals of the church. What does it take? It takes somebody that's willing to till the garden for us to continue successfully doing what we want to do. Now over, so verse 19, I'll read it again. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. Now, over in, I won't ask you to turn because we're going to go right back where we're at, but over in Proverbs 24, 30 and 32, we see this says, I went by the field of the slothful and by the vineyard of the man void of understanding. And he says, and lo, it was all grown over with thorns and nettles had covered the face thereof. And the stone wall thereof was broken down. 
Then I saw and considered it well. I looked upon it and received instruction. What he's saying is I've walked by those that don't till their garden. I've walked by those that don't spend time in the field. And I've seen what happens when you don't work to kill the weeds and you don't work to break up the hard ground and you don't work out in in their garden. I've seen what happens. It grows over. It gets destroyed. It gets corrupted. It's not fruitful. There's nothing good that comes from this slothful man's garden. So my challenge to you this morning is that it is time for us to till the garden individually. Now, First thing, what what are issues that are facing churches and even our church today? We see a few things. First, we see hardness of people in the church. People are just so hard. Uh, You spend so much time in the world and and we don't seek tenderness and we don't spend time in prayer and we don't look into God's word and and what happens is we become hard. We talked a few weeks ago about bitterness. If you're not careful, you'll be bitter and you just get hard and you just get difficult. I preached about a a microwavable burrito on Wednesday night talking about hardness. It's crazy how hardness sets up in our hearts and sets up in our lives if we're not careful. Hardness in the church is a true apathetic issue. The next thing that we see is there's lack of growth of people in in the church. You've got churches with uh, 5, 10, 15,000 people, 50 people, uh, 150 to 200 people like our church that, that come each and every Sunday. And the reality is, is that the church may be growing, people may be coming, people are excited, but people are not growing in the Word. People are not any better off today than they were 10 years ago. They're not any better off today than they were 5 years ago. They're not any better off today than they were, were, off, were 20 years ago. And the reality is, is, if you went to a doctor with issues and you went to a doctor with problems, would you not not be upset if five years later you'd made no progress? You've got these things that, that hurt you and you've got these aches that you have and you've got these problems you can't explain and you've invested 10 years going to this doctor and nothing has ever changed. You're going to be upset with him because it's getting into your pocket. But what happens is the issues in the hearts of men and women today is so hard to address. It's so hard to diagnose because you're the only one that can truly diagnose it with the help of the Spirit. You're the only one that can deal with it with the help of the Spirit. You're the only one that can face it. You can hide it. You can go to the doctor. Hey, it's hard to hide a broke leg. It's hard to to, to, to hide skin cancer. It's hard to uh, hide some kind of huge medical issue, but hardness in your heart and apathetic ap- apathy in your life, that's easy to hide. You can hide it from me. You can hide it from the, 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 the Sunday school teachers. You can hide it from the singers. You can hide it from everybody, but God, and the reality is that's a hard thing to diagnose, yet people sit for five years, 10 years, 15 years, and 20 years, and they're as hard and they're as useless for the Lord as they were when they first walked through the doors. We have to be, this is the reason it's time to till the garden is because we've gotten hard. We've not grown. The other thing that we see is there's there's great sin in the lives of people in the church. People have become so worldly. Church people have become so worldly. There's just rampant sin, like weeds just growing up, uh, uh, overtaking the lives of church people. It used to be, Brother Sam, everybody hid stuff so well that we were able to sit in the church and talk about all the sin everybody was into outside the church. Hey, I'm kind of thankful we can't do that anymore. We, hey, we're, there's a generation of vipers that, that's been roaming the earth for a while that likes to point fingers at people outside the church. But the generation of vipers is also inside the church of people that, hey, they're living in open sin. They don't care. They're not changed by it. They're, they're, they're not different uh, because of it. They never deal with it. They never face it. But it comes from hardness and it comes from apathy. It's time to till the garden. First thing, now th- th- what we just read, now, it's the same thing with ground. You've got to work, work your garden. Hardness happens in the garden. You take some heat, you can walk out on that ground 
what does it do? It dries up and it cracks. The top of that ground is just, it's useless. I mean, you can pick up pieces of it and just see. It's just dry. It's just cracked. It's just dead. It's, I mean, nothing, nothing useful about it. There's hardness. Also, with there's, where there's hardness and there's apathy, when the ground is just left untended and it's untouched, it's hard for new seeds to break through that ground. They won't break through that ground. And it interrupts the germination of weeds. Or, uh, weeds are germinated so easily in that ground. That's a funny thing. Nothing useful grows out of hard ground. I mean, it just if you, if you don't work it, if you don't till it, if you don't cultivate it, weeds are going to grow through it. You've got to do something about them, don't you? Don't you? You've got to do something about them, Brother Henderson. You know about that. You've got to deal with the ground, don't you? You've got to disrupt the weeds. Now, first thing, when we till the garden, when we cultivate our gardens, what do we do? I'm going to get mamaw's hoe, wherever it is. Here we go. This thing's seen some work. My little mamaw, she can't do it much anymore. But she get out in the garden, the weeds get a little too tall. She look like a, I mean, it looks like a weed eater going through there. She'd take this hoe, and son, she'd, she'd, she'd go to eating with it. They'd be, she'd just knock everything down except for, what's, except for the plants. Dirt was scared to death. What you do with this hoe is you till and cultivate your garden. This is the old school way of doing it. And what does it do? First thing that it does is it breaks up that hardness that develops on the top of the ground. That crusty junk that nobody wants anything to do with it breaks it up, Brother Cleve. What that does is when you cultivate and you till that top off the garden, it allows air, nutrients, and water to get deeper into the ground, to feed the roots of those things that are planted in that ground. Also, it makes it easier for new seeds to sprout through the surface of the soil when you get out there and work the ground. And when you work the ground, it interrupts, stops and changes and destroys the germination of weeds. I preached just not, well, right after I was elected as your pastor on the boy that wouldn't hoe his corn. What happened? His crop was lost. He lost it all. That was out of Proverbs too. He lost his crop because he didn't tend the ground. The first thing, we must break up the hardness that prevents the air or the spirit from dealing with the ground. When you're hard on the top in your life, your heart, your heart is hard and, and you've got hardness in your life, the spirit cannot deal with you except for your hardness. That's the only thing he's going to deal with you about is your hardness. He wants you to change it. He wants you to get rid of it. He wants you to let go of it. But if you're hard, you're not going to get any other benefit from the Spirit. When you till your garden and you cultivate your ground of your heart and you deal with, with the things in your life that you know are getting a little bit untidy and the things that are getting hard in, in your life, when you deal with those things, the Spirit begins to move through you. It can blow on you. He can bless you. He can touch you. He can reach you. He can come to you. But you cannot have that unless you're willing to till up the hard ground first. 
What does that do? Next thing it does when you break up that hard ground, it makes water and nutrient storage possible. Well, what's the water? We see in the Bible that the water is the word. Uh, it says, uh, Ephesians 5, 26, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So we see the water, uh, the water represents the word of God. And so if you can allow the spirit to move on you because you prepare yourself and you till your garden and you make your heart ready and you prepare you each and every day and you prepare you each and every week, what happens is that the word can get deeper and deeper and deeper into you. When you're hard on the outside, the, wor- the word's not going to get any deeper than surface level. You can, you, you can take dry, crusty ground and rain on it, and you can, you can hit it with a big tiller on the behind, behind of a tractor, and you see it's not, the water did not go deep. It doesn't seep through hard soil. When the spirit moves on you, then the word begins to get into you. What happens? The nutrients are able to stay inside of you. What are the nutrients? Deuteronomy eleven eighteen under the law, God tells them, he says, Therefore shall ye lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes. What he's telling them is take this law, take my word and hide it in your heart, put it inside of you. They even put, they'd put it on their, on their forehead under the law. He said, keep this word on you. And what happens if you're willing to to deal with yourself, if you're willing to till your garden, if you're willing to deal with that hardness and let the spirit move on you, what happens is the word will begin to soak into you. It will get deeper inside of you. And what happens is the nutrients that that word gives, they will begin to be retained. And what happens is the next time something comes around in your life, you will be prepared. You will be ready. You will be satisfied. You will know where, where the answers are. You will know where to look because you have made preparations for the water and you have made preparations for it to stay stick around. And when it sticks around in your life, the next storm that comes around in your life, you will know the answers, not because you have them, but because you got something stored down inside of you. You got something written on the the table of your heart. You've got something as a frontlet on your forehead that has the answers to the problems. You've got something in your life that has the answers to these things that nobody else could diagnose. Nobody else can understand. Nobody else can make sense of, but God can. And it's all because you've made the choice to till your garden, to get the hardness out of the way to let the word move in, to let the nutrients stay around for a while. And you're not just a Sunday Christian. And what happens is you begin to be fired up because you start to see things grow out of your life. Right now, if you're hard and the spirit can't move you, the water can't touch you, there's no nutrients inside of you. There ain't nothing going to grow. Nothing. You've got, it is time to till our garden. We're getting there. I about knocked this pulpit over. Good grief. What happens when we till our garden is we break up the hardness that prevents growth in our life. Also, we must make ground that is hospitable for new growth. If we don't make ground in ourselves that's hospitable for growth, children and new Christians will end up as, as hard and dead as we are. I mean, hard ground, it just... It, Unless I deal with myself, how am I going to expect somebody else to be soft and tender like they need to be? If your preacher's hard-hearted, why would we expect anybody saved in, the, in, in this church to not be? If I'm hard-hearted and I'm bitter, why would we expect these young people to be any different? Why would we expect anybody to be any different than us when we won't deal with ourselves? I want to make my ground hospitable for growth for me. 
I want to make my ground hospitable for growth for my children, for my wife. I want to make my ground hospitable ground for your children and your family that we all can work together and we've made preparations when we come to church so that the seeds that are sown on Sunday morning, September the 3rd, 2023, can spring up out of the ground and they can reach and jump for joy towards the sky without any hindrance, without any difficulty, without any issue because I have tilled my garden and I have made preparations for Josh because I'm the only one that I can control. But if you will do that too, what we can do is we can see true growth and it might not be numerically, we might not be blowing these walls out and building a new church and doing all these other things. But what we can see is that God will bless us individually when I till my garden. And what happens is when he blesses me individually, there's people around me that are going to want to till their garden. There's people around me that say, I like that soft ground a lot more than I like this hard ground. I like when that spirit is able to move. I like when the word is able to soak deep down into me. I like the nutrients on the inside of that guy. And the reality, when they see me, because I've tilled my garden, that will make you, your children, and the other people around want to do it. And it ain't just because of me. It can start with one of you, but you must choose to till your garden. Proper preparation of ourselves promotes seed success for new growth. Good ground means that new seeds will grow up in tender soil rather than having to fight through hardness. How many churches is that true for? That the, the, the seeds that come up, these little young people that, that grow up in the churches, they have to fight through hardness to even get anywhere. And you know what a lot of people are doing now? Is they're not just going to stay where mom and they're not going to just spring through the hardness and stay where mom and daddy says. They're going to go find it somewhere else. We must make sure that they can find it here. If we want to preserve the future and the health of Mountain View Baptist Church, we must make sure that our ground is ready to accept these new little seeds that will grow from this church. I don't want them to have to go find it somewhere else. They ought to be able to continue the story and the legacy of Mountain View Baptist Church right here. God leads them somewhere else, praise the Lord. But the reality is, is that we should not be so hard that they can't grow up right here at Mountain View Baptist Church. They need to have a hospitable environment here. And because the thing is, not every one of them is going to go find it at another church. And if they do, we can't guarantee every other church is a true church. And the reality is, most of them go look for it in the world. We must be careful that we make hospitable ground. If we not prepare hospitable ground here, they're going to go somewhere else to be planted and grow. And we just hope and pray that that's not somewhere they're going to grow up between the weeds. Tilling, it has, I'm, I'm almost done, I promise, but tilling, it has some great benefits when it comes to weeds. You know, weeds, I'm thinking about sin. Every once in a while, you get a lot of rain and get a lot of things. I don't like it, but my garden, it gets grown up when, them, when that rain, especially you put fertilizer down, I'll lay it to it, and our, my garden drops right beside our hayfield. So it gets double. Uh, it, it, it'll, it'll grow. And so the thing is, though, when it rains, you get rain, a little bit of heat on it, it'll grow weeds fast. And there's times, and I told Shelby, I've got to get them weeds. I've got to get them weeds. I've got to get them weeds. I've got to deal with it. I've got I to go out there and get them. And the reality is, it's too wet for me to go deal with them. You know what I have to do, Brother Sam, sometimes? I've got to get my muck boots on, and I've got to pull them up to my knees, and I've got to get out there, and I've got to get nasty, and I've got to start whacking with this hoe. Because the reality is, if I don't, the things that are growing in my life, the things that are growing in my, my garden, they will be eaten up and be destroyed by those weeds if I don't go deal with them. It's time to till our garden. When we till our garden, regardless of the situation and the circumstances, it may, be just, it's, it, it may be for you, it's just time for you to put your spiritual muck boots on and say, it's dirty, it's wet, it's nasty, I'm going to get dirty and I'm going to get out there, but I'm going to deal with them. It may be time for you to deal with your sin in your life. 
I'd say if you got sin in your life, it is time for you to deal with it. And the reality is that means it's going to be uncomfortable. That means it's going to be dirty. That means you're not going to like it. That means it's not going to be fun. That means you're going to walk away with a blister or two. But the reality is there's some weeds that have gotten too tall. And we make every excuse. Well, it's too wet or it's this or it's that or, or it, it rained today. There's a cloud in the sky. It's probably going to rain. There's just one cloud, but it's probably going to rain. And, and I, I'm too busy. It's too hot. It's too cold. Uh, I, there's too many bugs out. I don't like getting out there and getting dirty. I'll have to take a shower. The reality is you're going to have to get dirty if you're going to deal with your sin. But it's time to till your garden. There's some weeds that have grown too tall in somebody's life. And it's time to deal with them. It destroys, when you till your garden, it destroys your weeds that have grown too tall. The thing is about it is, what's a blessing is that it prevents other weeds from coming back. Show and tell today. I bought this hoe last year. Or maybe this year, I don't remember. You ever seen a hoe like this? The old push-pull hoe. Well, call it what you want to. That's a weed whacker right there. Now, you can't cut it. You can't set a row with it. I tried it, it was a gom, if you know what a gom is. You can't set a row with it. You don't want to plant your beans and set a row with this. But what you can do is you can destroy some weeds with it. All you got to do is lay her on the ground, pull her at you, push it forward. Pretty simple, pretty easy. It's a lot easier than that old hoe over there. But the reality is we have the tool to deal with our weeds, don't we? We have the tool to deal with our sin. God tells us in our word to confess our sin one to another. God tells us in his word that his grace is sufficient to forgive us. God tells us in his word to, to come to him uh, uh, that, that, that you feel your sin in your life and you feel the weight of your sin. He tells us just come to him. Just deal with it. He gives us the tool. And, and nine times out of ten, he'll do all the work for us. There's some things you're going to have to get rid of, but most of the time God will do the work for you. But yet we let them grow too tall, Brother Donnie. And we don't deal with them when they're little. Hey, sin is sin. Sin sin. Ain't none of us better than anybody else. Because I've done this or I've done that or you've been this and you've done that. It's funny. It's kind of a blessing. Things are a little bit out there more than they used to be. It's a little bit harder for people to be. They still do it. I do it myself. A little bit harder to be so self-righteous because everybody knows everybody's business. It's all on Facebook. People have no shame. They don't care. Here's a picture of my weeds right here on Facebook. You can see it all. I'll tell you about it. Then you just run into them at the grocery store, they'll tell you about it. It's like I hadn't seen you in 15 years, but man, I did not expect an hour-long confession of all the sins you've been getting into for 15 years. I'm like, hey, got the answer right here. But then it shows me all the things I count as little, Brother Sam, because I look at other people and I do feel self-righteous. And I think, well, they're doing this or everybody knows about this. The devil uses that to trick me and thinking my little sins I don't have to deal with. But you do. It's time to till the garden. It's time to deal with the big weeds and the little weeds. Those little weeds that you think, and I've done it. I've been lazy a couple of times. Go to the garden and been a long day they're just little you know what the next day they're still little next day they're still little monsoon comes through 85 degree weather comes through and sun they're as tall as my tomato plants those little those little weeds that you can deal with right now they're going to grow 
They're going to get big. They're going to eat up those things in your life that God's trying to grow for you. It's time to till our garden. When you deal with your sin in your life, it destroys that sin that's grown too tall. It destroys the, uh, the sin that you tell yourself is too small. It prevents weeds from growing back, and it promotes new seed growth. Church, if we can grasp hold of this. Verse 19, Proverbs 28. He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread. We have a goal. We know what the purpose of Mountain View Baptist Church is. We know what God has called us to do. We know what God has directed us to do in his word. We know that there's bread waiting out there. We know that these little children, in essence, that's what I think of when I think of bread, is their, their benefit that one day uh, some old preacher named Josh Boyd 30 years ago told him about the gospel of Jesus Christ, and he set up, he's up in the loony bin right now. He can't even think straight anymore, but there was a day, man, he could. He told me about Jesus Christ. But you know, it takes me dealing with my sin that I can make an impression not because of me, but because of Christ in someone's heart. And that seed might not grow for a while, but it takes me dealing with my sin that I can be a vessel usable for him. If I want to touch somebody, I have to deal with myself. Stand with me, if you will. Brother Sam, play something softly on the piano, if you don't mind. I don't ask you to do much in our services. I try to offer a guilt-free, a guilt-free uh, way. Let the Spirit deal with you is what I'm trying to say. But today I'm wondering who will say, I'll till the garden with you. Who might come to this altar and say, I've got to do some weeding of my own? Who would say, Pastor, I'll stand beside you? Devil fights me every day, too. I battle, too. I have to deal with myself, too. Who might come and say, Pastor, I'll stand with you? We must be careful because the thing is, God is blessed us so much for us to just sit cold unchanged he that tilleth the ones that will choose today I'll deal with my garden I can't do it for you I wish I could I'd get a big sprayer and spray everybody down this morning but I can't do it you